This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Elizabeth Preston, episode 193, my favorite personality assessments. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for barrier-breaking women who are ready to shed their good girl layers so they can own their power and live deeply fulfilling lives instead. I'm your host, Lindsay Elizabeth. I'm a leadership coach to women all over the world. And I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire. We must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me and my guests as we challenge you to shed society's bullshit systems and beliefs to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you were meant to be. As you listen, trust your intuition to take what you love and leave the rest. The thoughts and perspectives I share on the show are my own with the lens of my lived experience as a privileged, white, cis, straight, able-bodied woman. And while that informs my experience and perspectives, I wholeheartedly believe living a deeply fulfilling life is possible to every woman. If I ever say anything harmful, I'm open to doing better and hearing your feedback. My goal is for you to leave this show feeling empowered, inspired, and ready to share this show with every woman you know so they too can create a life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. Hi there, my friend. Welcome to another episode of the show. As always, so grateful to have you here. Today, I'm talking about something I can't believe I haven't talked about on the show, and we're at episode 193, and that's my favorite personality assessments. In my business, I am using personality assessments all the time. In fact, when a client signs up with me, one of the first things they do is they go take a slew of assessments and they turn in what's called an all about me page where they give me all of their results. And I use that page throughout our coaching together to ensure I'm coaching them in the most authentic way possible. And when I say authentic way possible, what I'm meaning by that is I am guiding them to their truth, to where they need to grow to, to what is in alignment for them. And so today I wanna share with you some of my favorite assessments. So you can go out and you can get some results from these because just taking these assessments alone can be so eye-opening. Now, I must admit, when you have somebody like me who understands these assessments, then it can take the results to a whole new level because you can have someone regurgitate back to you what the results mean. Of course, there's so much information out there for you to go learn it on your own, but it is nice when someone's like, oh, I know what this means, da 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 really quick and easy, and I can tell you too of like, here's how this relates to this and this relates to this, and it's something I actually do with clients called the puzzle of you, pretty far down in the Awakened Woman coaching process, we do it a couple months in, um, and we take all these assessments, we put them together, and I show my clients, in essence, like what their secret sauce is, like what they're meant to do in the world, and how to set up their life for them to feel really deeply fulfilled. So again, today, we're just going to talk about my favorite assessments. I'm gonna cover five of them, and then I'm gonna also share with you the other assessments that I use that aren't in my top five, so you can just get a 
big picture of all the assessments that I use. So again, you can go out and take as many of these as you want. All right, you ready to jump in? Okay, assessment number one, and this by far, if I just have this information about someone, I know a pretty good idea of the struggles that they have, the things that they're wanting in their life, and I even get an idea of likely some of the trauma that they've had in their life. And remember, trauma doesn't always mean big T trauma, like you know, major abuse kind of stuff. It can also mean little t trauma. So just different things that happened to them in their past, likely in childhood, that caused them to shrink, to feel unsure, to maybe even feel a little unsafe from time to time or a lot of the time. And so I get, again, a very good picture of like, okay, I know who this person is. I know where they need to grow to. I know some healing they need to do and can kind of take it from there. So that assessment is the Enneagram. The Enneagram has been very hot the past few years, especially on social media. So many people are talking about it. It's been really big in churches and it's popular for a reason because again, it creates really great results for somebody if they just know that one thing about them. Now, you can go take the Enneagram if you haven't yet. It's free. I believe the link to do it is um, in the show notes if you want to go take it, but you can obviously just Google it as well and take the assessment. The one that is in the show notes is the one that I give my clients. I found that that assessment particularly gives great results. So you can take other ones out there and maybe they're not as in depth as this one. But the Enneagram is really just testing your motivation. So why you act a certain way. So again, when I know that about somebody, I'm like, okay, so let's look at Enneagram one, right? I know that they are likely acting in a way where they want to be good and they are fearing being bad right? And so I get an idea too of, okay, an Enneagram one likely grew up in a childhood where there was maybe some turmoil, there wasn't a lot of rules. And so they came in with, or their psyche came in and said, okay, we've got to create structure here. We got to create rules. So my husband is actually a one and that was definitely his childhood. There was turmoil. His dad was an alcoholic. He left their family. They foreclosed on their house. They were almost homeless. And so he had to develop these rules and these structures and systems in order to be successful. And that's what he did. He learned how to study on his own. He learned how to become a collegiate runner on his own and get a full scholarship to a division one school. And so he, again, used that motivation of I'm going to be good and I'm going to create an essence like a good life and be a good person and this is the way that I've done it right so I love Enneagram so very much as you dig deeper into Enneagram you will learn something called your wings so you'll get a number between one and nine as your primary and then you'll learn what your wings are so say again if you're an Enneagram one your wings will either be Enneagram nine or Enneagram two and that can add a whole new level of depth to your understanding about yourself so I'll give myself as an example I'm in Enneagram 5, wing 4. So fives are known for being very logical. (laughs) Um, And it's so interesting because I have that four wing, which is very emotional. And so when you get to know me, 
the more you get in my inner circle, you're like, wow, Lindsay is a lot more sensitive than I ever, ever would have thought. And that's so helpful for me because I will have these periods where I get very emotional. And if I'm not able to express that and process that, I can go even into bouts of depression, which is very common for Enneagram 4s because of their emotions. And so, yeah, I've learned how to balance that. I've learned how to maneuver that. I've learned from the Enneagram 2, you see what your growth path is and what your stress path is. And so I'm able to see when I'm starting to get stressed and I may not even realize it. I'll be like, oh, okay, I know what the behaviors are now and I can kind of guide myself back. And then I also can keep my eye on what my growth path is and it will allow me to step into more and more of who I'm meant to be in that. Right, so much to learn from Enneagram. Just to give you a taste of a little bit more, let me pull up my Awaken Woman workbook because again, this is something we cover in my Awaken Woman coaching. But we cover, you know, what qualities you have when you're at your best, what qualities are at your worst, how to get along with you, what your core desires are, your core fears, your core weakness, your core longing, and again, that growth path and stress path and what that looks like. And then, as I said, too, we go a little bit deeper and we talk about the wings. Now, I am actually going to be taking an Enneagram certification course in 2023, and there is so much more to even learn about Enneagram beyond what I already know. And there's something like like you can have a, I don't even know what it's called, but you can go way beyond <laughs> what it is. It's like, I, I can't even go there. I, obviously, this is what I know. And just what I know, again, is super powerful. And, you know, once you know your number too, I encourage you to find some accounts on social media to follow because they will talk more and more about your Enneagram type. Like one that I follow, she even talks about like how Enneagrams show up at different holidays. And it's so funny and it's so dead on. Um, so again, you can learn so much just by taking this one assessment and it's free. How cool is that? All right. So that's my first assessment. The second one that I love, I love because I get a very detailed picture of what is going on in somebody's brain. And that assessment is called Clifton Strengths. It used to be called Strengths Finder back just, uh, I think about a decade ago. And it was my favorite assessment until I dug deep into the Enneagram. Because again, I learn very detailed information about somebody. So basically, the Clifton Strings assessment is testing your natural talents. So these are reoccurring behaviors of thought, feeling, and behavior that can be productively applied when you learn that they're talents and you can turn them into strengths. Okay, so many times people don't know what their talents are and they are in overdrive because they're so strong within them that then they don't know how to harness it and it becomes a weakness or it even just becomes this annoying thing that they have of like, oh, I hate how I just sit around and learn all the time or I hate that I have this anxiety from taking a lot of action, right? And so again, Clifton Strengths tests that. It shows you, hey, here are your top talents. And then you can learn how to take those talents 
and again, turn them into strengths, turn them into things that are productively applied and so they feel really good to you. Because again, they're so natural to you, you're going to do them anyway. You might as well productively apply them. And for my clients, what I love to do is help them monetize that and shift their career so they can monetize that. And that's why a lot of my clients say, man, I just feel like I'm not even working and yet I'm making more money than ever. And it's like, yeah, of course, because you're using your natural talents to do that. And when you're doing that, it feels easy and fun. And of course, because they're your talents or strengths, you're going to do really well at that. And so of course, you're going to make more money, right? So I really encourage you to go take this assessment. I haven't looked at the pricing in a while, but I believe it's $40 and it will unlock your full list of 34 strengths. And so just to give you a little insight, there are 34 in total. And so as you get that list of 34, you're gonna see your top five to 15 are the ones you're using day in and day out. I would always start with your top five and focus there because those are your strongest and the ones that you need to likely refocus and, and train a little bit so that they are more productively applied because again, they can become weaknesses or just these annoying things if they're not. And then from there, after you feel like you've got a handle on your top five, go down farther on the list and do your six through 10 and then look at 11 through 15 and see if those are showing up with you. And then it's great to know too what's at the bottom of your list to say, okay, these are things that I'm not naturally good at. How can I partner with people to be naturally good at these things, right? So for example, I am very low on the strength called woo. Okay, I think it's like my number 33 out of 34, which woo is basically saying you like to win other people over. They tend to be outgoing. They tend to know a lot of people. They tend to have a wide network. And when they meet people, people just love them. They're like, oh my gosh, I love so-and-so. They just have the best energy and you know, they make me feel so da-da-da, right? And so since I don't have that, I love to partner with people who do have that to send me referrals or to help me expand my network. And so they make the introduction, they're bringing people to me, and then from there, I'm really good at creating really in-depth relationships, be it personal or career-wise, right? And so from there, I can take the relationship that I've been introduced to and create something very deep and meaningful in that. I think about, for example, I was at a networking event one time, the person who hosted the networking event, she had Wu Hai and I was sitting in a corner talking to people and she just kept bringing people over to me. She's like, so-and-so you need to meet Lindsay and so-and-so you need to meet Lindsay. And that was beautiful. Like I didn't have to go out and have these awkward awkward for me conversation. She got to bring people to me and make that introduction. I will say though, in time, as I've become more and more well-versed in my strengths, because now I've been doing this work with strengths for almost a decade, that I'm so aware of the different strengths and I'm aware of how I can harness even the ones that I'm not naturally good at, like woo. And so I'm able to, you know, in essence, like, how would I say this, like embody some of the qualities of that when I need to, okay? So like, for example, if we go back to Woo, I recently joined Bumble BFF, which is a way for you to meet friendships. And I was very outgoing on that platform of like reaching out to people, connecting with people on that, you know, really taking the lead on things. And, 
you know, I can only do it in spurts because it's not natural to me to do that. But I know well enough of what I need, again, to harness to create what it is I want when I don't have somebody that has woo around me and can do that for me. Okay. So going back to Clifton Strengths, I love it. It just gives me a good insight again of what's going on in somebody's head. And not only do I love just looking at the strengths individually, but I like looking at how the strengths work together. And so sometimes people can have top strengths that are actually in conflict with one another, okay? So like for example, there's a strength called futuristic and a strength called activator. Futuristic is all about, okay, what are the steps I need to take in order to create the future that I want, okay? And it can kind of be a little bit slower in the way it takes action because it wants to be usually pretty strategic and that tends to be a strength that complements futuristic, which is strategic, right? But if somebody has futuristic high and activator high, activator wants to take immediate action and tends to just kind of shoot before it knows where it's aiming. And so those two can, again, be in a a conflict with one another until you learn what each of them are and learn how to make them work together. Okay, that may be over your head right now, but I just wanna give you a great insight as to what the power of this assessment can create, especially when you're in the hands of a practitioner like myself or somebody else who knows how to take these strengths and help you maneuver them in a way so they all work together, okay? So I will say too, when two strengths tend to be in conflict with one another, when they start to partner with one another, it's a very powerful combination. So if we go back to my example of futuristic and activator, right? When those two partner together, then activator gets futuristic moving and futuristic gets activator thinking through things better. And so they they kind of have like this beautiful um, secret sauce, right? Of like, wow, this is a really cool thing that you have because very few people have that combination to be able to move that quickly and think through future things that well. And you're doing that, okay? So I encourage you to take this assessment, Google it. Um, You'll go to their website. And again, I think it costs like 40 to 80 bucks, somewhere around there. And yeah, let's just start learning all about it. There's a book about it. There are so many videos about it. But what I see as the biggest strength of taking your strength assessments is um, learning how they work together. And that's something a practitioner can do for you, including myself. All right, so that's Clifton Strengths. The third assessment that I love is the values assessment. And this is actually an assessment that was handed down to me by my coaching school that was called the Gardner Institute. And it's very basic. It's on paper. It's a couple of questions and allows you to see very clearly what your top values are. So your values are things that are important to you in your life, right? And I love the assessment that I give clients because it is so simple. There are many other values assessments out there that I found are more complex, which is great, right? It'll test more values, but I find them too complex. I like mine. I think it's only like 10 values. And what's interesting is most of my clients get the same values. They get things like freedom and experience. And the more I'm stepping into being a leadership coach, the more I'm having clients who have leadership high, right? And it makes sense because a lot of my clients are coming to me wanting to create more freedom. That's what coaching can do for you, right? It's like, you know, I say a lot of times on the show and you'll hear client results of my clients making more money and working less. 
and doing it in a way where they feel really good when they're working, right? So they love that piece. They love the experience piece of coaching because coaching allows you to have a really great experience in your life. It gives you the tools even when shit hits the fan to be like, oh, okay, I just go use these tools or have this coach or whatever other person in my support system to help me get through these things. And then too, with leadership, obviously, you know, rebranding into this leadership coach role. And so I'm getting more and more of that. So I would just Google a values assessment and go take it and and start from there and see what your top values are. And the reason why I love a values assessment is it allows me to see what is it I need to help this client specifically focus on to create in their life. Because if we could create a great business focused on their strengths and some other things that I'll talk about here in a bit, but if they're not living in their values, they're gonna be like, yeah, work is great, but mm, I don't know, I just don't feel that fulfilled. I feel like there's something missing. I feel like my personal life is kind of on the back burner, which so many of us can relate to, right? <laughs> so yeah, until you create a values-based life, then you're always gonna feel like something's missing here, right? And I think too, you know, when I first learned my values, it allowed me to just soak in why I do the things that I do, including why I spend money on certain things. So there was a while that I didn't have a ton of money, but I would invest in experiences. And there was a part of me that's like, Lindsay, this is really irresponsible. Like, why are you investing in, you know, great concert tickets or going and doing this holiday thing or whatever? And when I learned that experience is a high value of mine, I'm like, no, that's just me living my values. And I'm not going to sacrifice that. I'm going to own that about myself, not guilt myself about that and allow myself to see, hey, this is something that's important to me. And I will say too, you know, all these assessments are so great when you have them for yourself, but then when you take them and you look at people who are in your inner circle, like if you're in a partnership, either personally or professionally, including a marriage kind of relationship, it's great to have these results for yourself and then for your partner or partners and to say, okay, how can we work together here? And where are we likely hitting conflict and here are the reasons why and this is how we can overcome it. And I mentioned that here with values because my husband values family higher than I do. And that doesn't mean our immediate family with our kids and him because that's very high to me. It means family extended, right? And so there are many times early in our relationship where he would want to spend money on these extended family things, including supporting some extended family members and I did not understand that. I did not get it. We would get in little tiffs about it, including one really big tiff. Um, and I had to take in of like, okay, Lindsay, this is just him living in his values. And so we've got to meet in the middle here of you being able to you know, meet your values and meet his values as well. All right, so go out there, find an assessment on values. It's a great one. The next assessment I want to talk about is called the Colby. So I actually did an episode goodness, over a year ago, that's on the podcast with Erin Morgan, where she talked about the Colby. So if you want to dig deep into that, that episode is a great one. But just to give you an idea of the Colby, it tests how you approach problems and make decisions when you're free to be yourself. Okay. So in essence, it's testing your decision making. And this is a new one in my world. I've only been using it about a year because Aaron so beautifully introduced this to me about a year ago. And it's been a game changer 
for sure with me and my clients because now I can start to see where they can get stuck in their decision making and I can also see how they need to authentically make decisions for them. There is so much gosh, like just personal development out there and messages out there of like, you know, take fast action and that's the way to success and, you know, just all this advice, right? And some people will take that advice and say, okay, this is the way I need to be successful, right? And then they will do that and they won't feel good about it. It'll feel like something is off and they don't know why. And this is why I love Colby, right? It teaches you, hey, here's how you best make decisions. Not all this generalized bullshit that's out there telling you how to be successful. This is how you need to be successful, how you're gonna make decisions that feel right to you and where you can get stuck in those decisions, okay? Or where you maybe need to slow down, okay? So the Colby is testing four things in that decision-making process, how much research you need to take action, how complex of a system you need to move forward, and then just in general, how fast you're actually getting into action. Now it has something else called how like often you need tangibles or how tangible the things need to be. I don't really concern myself with that because it's just not something that I'm needing or my clients are needing in most cases. But again, it shows me, okay, if somebody has really high research, then I know they're gonna need to go and research something and really feel like, okay, I know a deep understanding of what this thing is before we move forward, right? And in that, I also have to be the one to challenge them to not get stuck in that place if they do have high research because they can just get stuck on researching over and over and over and over and over and over until they never feel like they have enough and not taking action, right? So I've helped them be able to balance getting the research they need while still moving forward, okay? Now with the systems, if I have somebody who has high systems, then I'm like, great, you're gonna need and you can take on a very complex system to implement whatever it is you're wanting to implement. If you're lower in systems, then you need a very simple system to be able to implement things. Otherwise, systems are gonna overwhelm you, they're going to slow you down, and you're likely just gonna be like, fuck it, I don't even wanna do it anyway. So that's super helpful, right? Because again, generalized information out there will be like, follow this system to get what it is you want, do these things to success. And some of those systems are just too complex for people. They just don't want to follow them. Like I will tell you, you know, I use a system called PowerSheets and I've used it for many, many years now to help me stay focused on my goals every single month and what I need to do every single day to ensure I'm moving forward. And for a while, I had these clients that were like, Lindsay, I just can't get into power sheets. I just don't like them. They're not working for me. And I would sit there perplexed of like, what is it? What is what is off with power sheets that it works for me, but it doesn't work for them? Well, then when I was able to test their Colby, they were very low in systems. The power sheet system, even though it's advertised as very simple, and it is to somebody who has a more systems brain, then you know, to them, it was too much. 
right? And so I was able to take in, oh my gosh, okay, here's how we can create the most simple system for you to be able to ensure you're staying on track with your goals, right? So super helpful with that. And then the last thing, as I said, it's test how quick you are to get into action. And this is also testing how much risk you want to take on, okay? Because it typically, those who take faster action tend to take on a bigger risk, right? They don't need as much research. They tend to not need as complex of systems. They're like, yeah, let's just do it. Kind of throw caution to the wind, right? And then later, as they are taking action, they will see what has worked and what hasn't worked. Okay, so with my really high action takers, my job as a coach is typically to slow them down a little bit, especially if they're just making such fast decisions that they are creating more problems than what's helpful. If they're taking fast action and and it's working for them, great. Just keep leaning into that, right? But what I see with most quick action takers is that they need to slow down and think things through a little bit more and lean on whatever research they can to slow them down because everybody's going to be ranked somewhere in the research quadrant, even if they're very low of like, hey, at least just do this amount of research and maybe lean on a person who does deeper research so that it will slow you down just enough to make smarter decisions and you're not, in essence, throwing more money or time or effort that doesn't need to be thrown, okay? So that's what I love about Colby. Yeah, it just it's so good at helping you make decisions, seeing where you're getting stuck and where you can shift things. The last assessment I want to talk about is the four tendencies. And let me just back up. The Colby assessment, you can go Google and go take it. I believe it's like 40 bucks to go take it. And I'm going to warn you, it's not a sexy assessment. It's not enjoyable to take it. It takes about 30 minutes. But the result of it, especially when you're working with a coach like me who can understand what those results mean, and help you implement them well, because I also even have basic trainings in my Awakened Woman coaching process. So regardless if you coach with me or not, I'm gonna teach you how to implement your Colby. It makes the results so much better, but I just wanna throw that out there. It's not a sexy and fun assessment, but the results can be really powerful. Okay, but going back to my fifth favorite assessment, it's the four tendencies. And what this is testing is the accountability that you need to get shit done. So this is an assessment that Gretchen Rubin came up with. She wrote a book called The Four Tendencies. She talks about in the book that one time she was at lunch with a friend and she was like, man, I really want to be running and I just don't know why I'm not showing up to go run. And she asked Gretchen, you know, do you encounter this too? Like you have goals and you're just not able to go and get them done. And Gretchen's like, no. And so it started this whole research for Gretchen of, okay, why is it that some people are able to get the stuff done that they want to and others aren't. And as she did that research, she came up with four different tendencies that we have for accountability. The first being upholder, meaning if somebody tells you to do something and if you tell yourself to do something, you're gonna get it done, okay? Now, what can be hard about being an upholder is you are holding a lot of things at one time. You have your own goals, you have other people that are throwing stuff on you, and likely you're just getting it done without questioning it most times because you're like, I just wanna get it done and and do it well and be quote unquote good, right? So there's that. Then the second accountability tendency is obliger. And this is the one that I see 
with the most people who are like, why am I not getting the shit done I want to? So obliger is basically saying, if I tell you to do something, you will go do it. If you tell yourself to go do something, it will not happen. So what has to shift for obligers is they have to develop external accountability for their internal goals, okay? So it's like having a running group. So if we go back to Gretchen example with her friend, she found out that her friend is an obliger. And so she helped her friend develop these systems to be able to show up and do the running she wanted, which was join a running group. And they had a certain amount of times that they needed in order to show up to stay in the group, right? In the book, she talks about other ways obligers have built these systems to help them show up and do things. You know, with my clients who are obligers, they really thrive with coaching because they have accountability with me of getting their goals done. And, you know, some of them get really nervous of like, well, I don't want to be dependent on you or another coach or whatever. And I'm like, that's fine. You can develop other systems to show up and get the shit done you want. But let me help you develop those systems, right? And sometimes they'll want to lean on people in their personal life to give them that accountability. And I will say it just gets a little messy with that. You know, like my husband's an obliger. And, you know, there are times that I'm like, hey, you said you wanted to go work out today, go work out. But then I become kind of like the drill sergeant, right? And it, it throws off the power dynamic in our relationship from me being his supportive wife to being his coach now. And as I said, this drill sergeant, and that's not a role I want to play, nor does he want to play that. He'd rather have somebody externally playing that role for him. Okay, Um, a lot of obligers have to go through this time of really accepting of, oh shit, like I need this in my life and being able to depend on other people. And honestly, there's some healing in that sometimes for them of people who have let them down in the past and really taking in like, I have to have a support system to be able to get what it is I want. And uh, that's just some shifts that need to happen. Now, the third tendency is called questioner. This is the tendency that I am. So if you tell me to do something, I'm going to question the hell out of it until I get on board to do it. But if I tell myself to do something or once I get on board with what you're telling me to after I question the hell out of it, then I'm going to get it done. So some people may be like, wow, that's like the best one to be. And I will say questioners tend to be a little hard to deal with. (laughs) They tend to be not super coachable sometimes. They tend to really resist change at times. And especially in the school system, you know, I was really trained to be this good girl. And so I hid my questioner ways. But I, yeah, kind of had this like rebel without a cause attitude, like, fuck you. Like, I'm just going to do the minimal effort because I don't believe in this versus I wish I would have known this information about myself and had the confidence and had the support to ask more questions and say, I'm just not understanding. Why is it you're wanting me to make all A's? Like, I just don't understand like why this is important. Why is it that I need to take this math class? I don't want to do anything in math, right? So Questioners, yes, they get shit done for sure, but just know that they can be a little bit difficult to deal with, (laughs) okay? And then the last tendency is called rebel. So rebels, if you tell them to do something, they're not gonna do it. If they tell themselves to do something, it's gonna take them a while to go and do it. So you may think, well, rebels are like not gonna get anything done. And I've had some rebel clients who are fucking on fire. 
And what it is, is that they need to have freedom to make their own decisions in life. And they need to have some sort of systems where they're like, okay, yes, I'm going to go do X, Y, Z things that maybe I'm not fully on board with. But then here is a time that I get to just do whatever the F I want whenever I want it. And so they're able to find a balance with that that allows them to get what it is done that they want to. And I will say, rebels who are in their sweet spot are the ones that stir shit up. They make big changes in our worlds. I would love to see some of the accountability tendencies of the billionaires that are out there. You know, like at Elon Musk, I would guess is probably a rebel. Um, I would guess that maybe even Jeff Bezos may be a little bit of a rebel. Um, I know one of the coaches that I worked with for a long time when she was in the industry at the beginning and she was a peer of mine, I'd be like, why is it she's trying to like, you know, in essence, like light on fire all of these systems that people are telling us to use to success? Well, what happened is the first few years, she didn't make a lot of money, she didn't have a lot of clients, but then everything shifted and everyone was like, yeah, these systems are whack and like they're not in our best interest, especially as women. And there she was standing there saying, I've been telling you all this for years and she had a huge influx of clients. Like she went from making no money to making like a million dollars within two years. And so Rebels have their strengths as well, okay? So those are the four tendencies. You can go Google it and check what your tendency is. We'll likely have a link in the show notes as well. And we'll also have a link to the Colby and Clifton Strengths and Enneagram in there. And the values one, again, you'll want to go take on your own and find what works for you. But those are my top five assessments. When I have that information about somebody, I'm like, awesome. Okay, I know what their growth path is. I know what their fears are. In essence, their motivation. I know what their talents are that need to be honed and developed into strengths. I know what values they have, i.e. what's important to them in life. I know how they need to make decisions that are authentic to them and what may be stopping them from that. And I know what accountability they need in order to get stuff done. Now, I give my clients even more assessments. One is called the Inner Mean Girl Assessment, and this is one that tests their voice of their ego to see, okay, what is that negative inner voice telling you in your head? I also give them the MBTI, also known as the Myers-Briggs, and this assessment tests their way of thinking. So how do they process information? And once you know how you process information, then you can have A, some grace with yourself when you're like, why can't I process like this person? And then B, you can set yourself up in your life to ensure you are able to process the information in a way that's authentic to you. Like for example, some people need to verbalize their feelings, some people need to write their feelings. And when you know the difference between these two, you can set up systems in essence or support to help you be able to get whatever it is you want, right? I also give a needs assessment. So what are the top needs that you're needing in life? I give uh, some astrology stuff we throw in there to people who are open to it, like human design and to their birth charts, because that can be really helpful. And I must admit, those two outlets of a birth chart and human design feel so detailed to me, and I can get 
really overwhelmed by the information, but I'm learning right now even more about human design. We've been working in my Living the Dream Mastermind with Nicole Liano, who was actually a guest on the show many episodes ago, and she's teaching me and my mastermind clients all about human design and how that works. Um, But we do have some of that. I also test my clients on a gifts assessment. So what are their top gifts? So it can kind of be like their strengths, but it, it tests a little bit differently. We test their top passions and we find their life purpose in the work that we do together. We also look at their child self and what it was that lit up their child self to help them kind of tap back into some of those things or redirect some of those things. And we look at their admiration. So what are they admiring others and themselves? Because what you admire in others are things that are inside of you that just need developing. And then Finally, an assessment I used to give that I don't give anymore, but it's it's a great one. It's called the VIA, and it tests your top character strengths. And so you go in there, you take that free assessment, and it says, you know, here are the things in your character that you do most naturally, and people likely look at you to to help them when they don't have those things. Like mine, my top one is hope. So. You know, it's great to know that information about myself to be like, oh, okay, hope just comes really easily to me. I'm not going to dog on people when they don't have it. And I'm going to, you know, provide that even more to the world. So those are all my favorite assessments. Again, start with my top five. Those top five can be super helpful. And of course, if you're like, wow, I've got a really great idea now of, you know, just one piece of what you give your clients, Lindsay, I'd love to coach with you. The first step right now is to do a free consult call. I'm taking just a couple more one-on-one clients for right now, and then I'm going to be sold out. And then we're going to focus on getting as many women as possible in my Awakened Woman coaching process that includes going through all these assessments in the self-study process. So you'll get all the training videos, you'll get the workbooks, and it will walk you through step-by-step how to unpack these results of these assessments, put them all together. You can even upgrade and get some calls with me along the way if you want them. And you'll be able to understand who you are on a very deep level. Because when you understand yourself on a very deep level that these assessments can give you, again, you can go out and create a life that you want that feels really fun when you go to work. It feels really fun in your personal life because you're living and breathing in your strengths and you're motivated the right way. You're getting the accountability you want. You're making the decisions that feel authentic to you. And so, you know, many of my clients, they get into this space called massive action And that massive action happens because we align their life in a way that's based on the results of many of these assessments, okay? All right, so link in the show notes if you wanna have that call with me. I'll just throw it out here too. It's lindsayepreston.com forward slash free call. And you'll just get on my calendar and you and I will talk for an hour for free about where you're at now and where you wanna be from coaching and we'll see if we're a good fit. All right, that's it for now, my friend. I hope you have some great takeaways from this episode and I'll see you again soon. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast. If you haven't left a review for the show yet, what are you waiting for? Your reviews give us the feedback and momentum we need to continue to produce this incredible free content for you. Plus, when you leave a review for the show, you get a copy of my book for free. Simply take a picture of your review and submit it to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash one zero zero. And you'll receive a digital copy of my wisdom from the first hundred episodes book. 
This book is a study guide for life. Enjoy. And of course, share the show with your friends. I believe every woman can create a deeply fulfilling life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. The more you help others succeed, the more you help yourself. So share, share, share this show. And I'll see you soon and your friends back on the show next week for another eye-opening episode. Until then, keep rocking it.